production. Australia Today's Morning Agenda with Natasha Belling. Good morning. Thanks for your company. Let's check what's making headlines this Friday, the 28th of January. Thousands of homes are still without power this morning after wild storms and torrential rain ripped through Victoria. Lightning and strong winds hit many areas across the state, with some regions seeing once-in-a-century rainfall. Our reporter, Celeste Mitsu, has the details from Melbourne. No reprieve for the city. Tash, another storm cell is forecast around midday, impacting the CBD in the state's west, with large hail and damaging winds. Dana Eddy from the Bureau says flash flooding is also likely. With rainfall between 5 and 45 millimetres possible, again though that risk is there for much significantly higher totals in excess of 100 millimetres with any of those storms. The SES were kept busy yesterday working through a backlog of 350 calls for help, 9,000 homes were left without power at the peak and a lightning strike caused a Bundura home to catch a light. While temperatures will be lower, the humidity is hanging around and heading into the weekend. The risk of heavy rainfall will also continue. Meantime, heavy rain in South Australia has also led to major flooding and cut off some of Australia's major transport routes. The once-in-200-year rain event has damaged large sections of the Trans-Australian Railway, cutting off supplies to Western Australia and the Northern Territory. In other news this morning, former TV host Andrew O'Keefe has spent the night behind bars after being charged over an alleged assault. The 50-year-old is set to face court today, charged with six offences. Mr O'Keefe was arrested yesterday accused of choking, kicking and punching a 38-year-old woman at an apartment in Sydney. Victorian Premier Daniel Andrews is leading calls for the definition of fully vaccinated to be changed to include the booster jab. It comes as concerns grow over the low number of eligible Australians getting their boosters, with only 35% of residents in both New South Wales and Victoria getting the third vaccine. Infectious diseases expert Associate Professor Paul Griffin has told Channel 10 it's critical people get their boosters. We need to make a concerted effort to go and get every eligible person that booster as quickly as possible and it's been challenging I guess with the interval changing and over the Christmas period for example and obviously with lots of cases of Omicron around people might not have seen what the benefit is but it's really important we get as many people that booster as possible. Overseas now and Prince Andrew has submitted his defence to a New York court as attempts continue for his lawsuit to be dismissed. He's called for a trial by jury ahead of the sexual assault trial after allegations made by Virginia Dufresne, which he denies. US Attorney Lisa Bloom has told 10 he needs to get his argument straight. This is what has really jumped out at me today because how inconsistent to say I never had sex with her, but if I did, it was consensual. I mean, he has to pick one. His lawyers can make these inconsistent arguments, but at some point he's going to have to take a position. In other news this morning, the PM is set to announce a billion-dollar rescue package to help protect the Great Barrier Reef. Environment Minister Susan Lay says the federal government funding will also support thousands of jobs in the state of Queensland. This is an incredibly exciting announcement from breakthrough science to backing the health of our farmers, our fishers, our traditional owners, indeed everyone who lives on and loves the reef and works hard to support its future. 
And the cost of petrol will continue to skyrocket as international pressures mount. The average price of unleaded has increased by 15% over the past six months in Australia to $1.70 a litre on average. The NRMA's Peter Curry has told 10 it won't be dropping anytime soon. This is going to be the uh, standard now for quite some time, unfortunately. None of the factors... Uh, that are causing these prices to go up look like they're going to go away anytime soon. Uh, in the capital cities that have price cycles, you will get some relief as those prices start to fall. Now let's check what's happening in your state with our reporters on the ground. To WA and Perth's mask mandate has been extended to regional areas as COVID cases continue to spread. Our Perth reporter Emma Griffiths has the latest. That's right, Tash. Masks are now compulsory in all indoor settings in WA's Wheatbelt and Great Southern regions. The mandate came in overnight after a COVID case in Cunderdon. Another 10 infections were recorded yesterday, eight of those in Perth and two in the southwest. Well, we're set to get some clarity today about new COVID contact definitions and quarantine requirements. The State Disaster Council is set to meet to discuss the issues for when our border finally reopens. Premier Mark McGowan says it'll be given careful consideration. You have to choose very carefully when you bring those things in because obviously when you bring those things in you can enhance the spread of the virus. And in Queensland, parents are still waiting for a back-to-school plan from the state government. Our reporter Melissa Blomley has this report from Brisbane. Good morning, Tash. Earlier this month, it was announced the school year was pushed back from January 24 to Feb 7 to try and avoid a reopening during the Omicron peak and allow more time for kids to get vaxxed. While a back-to-school plan was initially meant to be released on Monday, it's still being discussed with key stakeholders. State opposition says students, teachers and parents have been left feeling vulnerable at a time when safety and certainty is paramount. The Education Minister is also in COVID isolation after she and her family tested positive. The Premier says as soon as the Minister is back on deck, they'll make an announcement about the return to school plan. Now for the latest in business and finance news, we're joined this morning by Scott Phillips from The Motley Fool. Scott, good morning. There is ongoing speculation the New South Wales government will finally announce details of a much-needed financial package to help many struggling businesses. Tash, good morning. And yet, as very well and truly overdue, quite frankly, and very, very welcome. Very important to keep a lot of these businesses afloat, particularly hospitality businesses. We're now coming up to six weeks since the Omicron wave really hit hard and effectively New South Wales went into a, a form of shadow lockdown, as is much of the rest of the country. We kind of hope the rest of the country might actually follow New South Wales lead if this is true and support them with some more money because they really are struggling. This plan would possibly cover up to 20% of an affected business's payroll. It's supposed to cost the New South Wales budget about $500 million a week, which is a lot of dough, particularly if it goes on for a while. But that's kind of the point. If it goes for a while, it's because it's needed. And it really hopefully will save some businesses and some jobs from going under in the wake of Omicron. They're much needed and needed urgently. Scott, talking mm. about the COVID, that is the roller coaster ride we're experiencing right now after a very volatile five or six days of trading. The ASX is now in what traders are calling correction territory. Yes, you'll, you'll often hear it called officially a correction, but it's never actually official. No one's defined it, but it's accepted that correction on the ASX is a decline of more than 10% from a recent peak. The ASX hit its peak in August of last year, so it's six or so months away, but 
The market's fallen 10.3% since then. Uh, the good news is that Wall Street seems to have not fallen too badly overnight out, and we might even get a green day today, which would be overdue and very welcome. But the reaction to interest rates continues to really worry traders as to what might happen with bond yields, but also asset prices and, frankly, the strength of the economic recovery. And talking about interest rates, we all know how expensive Australian homes are at the moment. The median Australian house price is now over $1 million after growing an extraordinary 22% just last year alone. But the peak, this is interesting, may be coming. Yes, it may well be. Those are extraordinary numbers, aren't they? $1.06 million for the median house. That's the middle one. And of course, 22% growth in Sydney. For those listeners in Sydney, the median house price was $1.6 million and prices grew at 33.1%, which again, both numbers are extraordinary and eye-watering. But as you say, we might be nearing the peak. The core logic numbers suggest the monthly growth rate is slowing. That's normally a precursor to a slowing and maybe even stopping of that annual growth rate because we all know house prices can't continue at this sort of rate forever. It's just not sustainable and it also means a whole lot of people can't get on the property ladder at all. So, you know, there's always two groups here, those who have a house and want more, those who haven't got a house and want a cheaper price, but it seems like the peak might be in. And remember, of course, a lot of banks saying next year, 2023, we may actually see house prices decline. So we'll wait and see, but it certainly suggests that after a very, very, very big run, we might have some cooling ahead of us. Yeah, correction needed. Scott, thanks so much. Hold on, thanks, Taz. Time for sport now with Hamish Finlay. Hamish, happy Friday. How good was Ash Barty at the Open last night? Fingers and toes crossed she can go all the way and make history. Yes, uh, happy Friday to you too, Tash. Yes, she's certainly the red-hot favourite for tomorrow's Oz Open final. She comfortably booked her spot, beating American Madison Keys 6-1, uh, Just took her 62 minutes to become the first local woman to reach the home Grand Slam final in 42 years. Uh, here she is post-match. I mean, I love this tournament. I love coming out here and playing in Australia. And uh, as as an Aussie, we're exceptionally spoiled that we're a Grand Slam nation. We get to play at home. We get to play in our backyard. And uh, I'm just I'm just happy that I get to play my best tennis here. Uh, I enjoyed. I've done well before, and, and now we have a chance to play for a title. It's it's unreal. So Barty will now play another American, Daniel Collins, in the decider after she knocked off Polish player Iga Swiatek. Well, the men's finalists will be decided today. First up, it's Rafa Nadal up against Marco Berrettini, and then tonight, Daniel Medvedev meets Stefanos Tsitsipas and. And of course, Tash, the other big talking point, is Dylan Orcott, who's now officially hung up the racket. No fairy tale finish, sadly, going down in the final, but it's uh, not the last we'll see him. Tash, the Australian of the Year, now keen to get into acting. Yeah, good on him. Such a great player. And Hamish, also this morning, it's been a good night for our men's and women's soccer teams overnight. Well, yes, we had the Socceroos up against Vietnam in a World Cup qualifier and uh, the Aussies put on a clinic, winning 4-0 in front of 27,000 fans in Melbourne. That result will really help their goal difference as well. Now, they'll now play Oman next week, which will be a much harder game. And the Matildas have also been in action this morning. They pulled off a 2-1 win over Thailand in the Asian Cup. And the Big Bash season comes to a close tonight after a roller coaster season. Uh, yes, certainly very disrupted, Tash. Most teams have had to deal with COVID outbreaks, forcing matches to be postponed. At the end of it, though, only two teams remain, the Sydney Sixers and uh, the Red Hot Perth Scorchers. The Sixers looking for their third straight title. They're still trying to find a way to get Steve Smith into the side, but uh, they're yet to receive approval from the BBL. Have a great weekend. Thanks, Hamish. Thanks, Tash. 
and a much-loved Australian nun who topped the international charts with her rock rendition of the Lord's Prayer has passed away in South Australia at the age of 84. Award-winning Sister Janet Mead conquered the pop charts both here and overseas, becoming the first Australian artist to sell more than one million copies in the US and also hit number four on the Billboard charts. Sister Janet was even nominated for a Grammy Award but lost out to the one and only Elvis. And that's all you need to know to start your day with Australia Today's Morning Agenda in your podcast feed from 6.30am every weekday morning. You can also catch the latest episode in a whole new world of audio by downloading the new listener app for free. I'm Natasha Belling. Thanks so much for your company. Have a great day and a lovely weekend. And we'll see you bright and early on Monday. Listener.